2: Explain, and i'm filling in for tim weisberg i'm not exactly sure why that that intro bumper is so long but but it is anyway um uh it was a little bit of the beach boys on this summer morning it's still summer i guess until september 21st i'm looking out the uh newsroom window here and the sun is high in the sky already just an hour after i came in when it was dark and very depressing not not depressing but but um Actually, actually a little bit inspiring with the pink as it as it rose over the skyline. But um, it's nicer when the sun is, sun, sun is actually up. So that's what we have now. So this is Jack Spillane filling in for Tim Weisberg, who I told you in the first hour is under the weather a little bit uh, with a kidney stone. Uh, but he's had his minor surgery, as he said, on his Facebook page, and he'll be back soon. In the meantime, I'm holding the fort here. We've been talking in the first hour about the star store and the the debacle that is. And we've also been talking about um, climate change. And some of you callers uh, who are a little more conservative than I am have been giving me a hard time about the fact that a lot of the clean energy that we uh, are trying to go to, wind power, solar power, geothermal power, uh, hydropower, also has a component of fossil fuel use in it. So it's dirty itself. Not to mention the battery uh, storage issue. Uh, those are all legitimate claims. But as I said, the scientists, all the reputable scientists are telling us that we have to do something about climate change. And for us to say we can't do anything because to do anything is not perfect, you know, whatever solution we have is not perfect, is not a viable response in my opinion. The same thing goes with the um, tensions between the fishing industry and the wind industry. We definitely know that the wind industry may adversely affect the fishing industry but we don't know how badly or whether it will will not be uh, you know that much and so we have to find out with these first wind turbines that are coming in. Uh, the jobs have been exaggerated that's true but I for one am, am, am glad that New Bedford has a share of the wind industry that's coming that does seem to be the wave of the future. I don't think it's entirely incompatible with the fisheries. I I disagree with former mayor Scott Lang on that one. I agree with him on a lot of other things, including that the Star Store uh, debacle was 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 really mishandled. But, you know, I think issues are complex and it's easy to paint them as, you know, we could just do this and it'll solve that. Uh, the Democrats are all bad, the Republicans are all good, vice versa. The Republicans are all bad, the Democrats are all good. I, I think most of us think that things are more complicated than that. And that's that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. So give a call. The lines are free. This is the best segment to call in because it's the early segment that lasts until 722. So you got 12 minutes to to, to give me your thoughts, 508-996-0500, 508 508-996- 996 0500, give us a call and, and let us know what you think. We had a few callers in the line before we took the break for news, so I, I hope folks will, will call back. My, my recent columns myself over at the New Bedford Light, I've done three columns in a row now on the College of Visual and Performing Arts in downtown New Bedford and the way that that college has revitalized a city that when I got here 24 years ago, there was not a single storefront I think Jimmy Conner's pub, the old Jimmy Conners pub, was the only thing on on Union Street and on Purchase Street, Elaine's t-shirt was the only thing that was open. There was just nothing open. The old magazine store, I think, was a a third. And really, we now have all kinds of coffee shops. I rattled off a few in the first hour. We have no pub we have um no pub it was a burrito shop, one of the first shops to come. but we have Green Bean, we have the Baker. We have Cafe Arpeggio. We have Tia Maria's. We have all kinds of uh, clothing and gift shops in the downtown. Most people who have observed downtown New Bedford credit the the College of Visual and Performing Arts and the bringing in of the students, the bringing in of the faculty, the bringing in of all that energy with the arts that people who are visiting the city, people who live here but like to come down on AHA night have, have appreciated. And just in a blink of an eye, in two weeks time, UMass Dartmouth closed down that store, made students who thought they were preparing for their their fall semester spend all that time packing up their belongings, moving back to the, the Dartmouth campus where some of them have been located in shared spaces with uh, uh, foyers. Some of them have been located in a strip mall at Bed Bath & Beyond. It's just outrageous. Over the weekend, State Rep. Tony Cabral, who I've criticized for for giving in to Senator Martigny's um, proposal in the conference committee to not fund the Star Store, has succeeded in getting a meeting with uh, Governor Maura Healy for the delegation. Uh, uh, Senator Martigny has also been pleading for this, so that's going to happen now. I wish that if they did it, that former Mayor Scott Lang's idea would prevail, and that is don't just get the delegation and the governor in and all of them cry, this is really too bad, but we can't do anything about it. Get the developer in, Paul Downey. See what he wants. You may have to pay him off at this point. Uh, He has a claim. Other people, uh, State Representative Chris Hendricks told me that he thought that Downey's uh, legal argument was weak. Um, that, that the state legislation was clearly that the university should get it for a dollar. So get them all in one room together. Uh, bring in Chancellor Mark Fuller from UMass. Bring in University President Martin Meehan, who I've criticized for having a long history of uh, helping UMass Amherst and UMass Lowell to the to – the, uh, detriment of UMass Boston and UMass Dartmouth. So get all those people in the same room and work this out. It's an obvious boom to the downtown. It's not you're going to have that big white elephant of a building empty minimum for 5 years right next to the Zeiterion Theater. It's a disaster for the city. We really should do something and and the fact that you know the delegation is saying we're doing everything we can but we're just not sure we can do it, that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable former mayor Lank has pointed out, do something, you know, get everybody in. This is not rocket science. You know, you can, you know, you may have to um, bite your tongue and uh, pay off the developer to go away. You may have to um, do some maintenance in a building that is well worth preserving. It's, it's, it's one of the historical treasures of the downtown. And it's the kind of building that inspires art students very much. Unlike the building in the strip mall where the, the whole irony of, of moving the art students to this, this strip mall is just it, 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 when you have a building like the Star Store is just it's just unbelievable. Um, so I'm not getting any callers on this. So maybe maybe folks don't care. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of feeling in New Bedford that is anti arts. There's a lot of folks in New Bedford, you see this on the city council sometimes, where they don't want to fund the Zyterian Theater. They don't want to give the opera money to you know, the, the Whaling Museum or the the um, uh, Zyterian Theater or really, you've had all this silence from most of the councilors. I think Councilor Ian Abreu and Councilor Shane Burgo sent his regrets, but Nine of the 11 councilors had nothing to say to these students and faculty and their supporters who were protesting last week. There's a lot of ambivalence, a lot of feeling that, oh, what does the arts really do? It's all those pointy-headed intellectuals. Do we really need them? You know, there is that feeling on the city council. And I think um ambivalence on the part of the state university and ambivalence on, on the part of the state delegation, uh, some, for some of them it's not even been ambivalence. State Representative Chris Markey, um, uh, who was one of the people lobbied by developer Downey, has said right out that he thinks that um, uh, it's time to, 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 to move on with that building, to put some offices or, or housing in there. Uh, the artist, um, uh, the, Co- the College of Visual Arts and Performing Arts has served its purpose. Uh, those are his words, not mine. Uh, Chris Markey is a, is a guy I respect. Uh, uh, I think he's a good state rep, a longtime uh, uh, friend of mine. And, and I, I think that, that he's welcome to come on the show, but I just, just disagree with him st- strongly on, on this one. So give me a call if you if you want to talk about the um, Star Store. If you don't want to talk about that, we could talk about, um, which I thought was a little bit of a change-the-subject thing, was Mayor Mitchell saying, let's build a new city hall. We need to build a new city hall. I think maybe we do need to build a new city hall, but I think that's a way to, way down the road. We still have four or 500-year-old elementary schools in Bedford. We're going to replace one next year with the Davals. In Carrington, but we still have the North End School, the um, swifton Ashley to replace. We still have the um, Pacheco School to replace. We still have the um, Winslow and uh, Kempton schools to replace. We still have a new police station to build. So the mayor coming out last week and saying we need a new uh, a city hall. First of all, you wouldn't replace the Capitol. You wouldn't replace the State House in in Boston. You wouldn't replace the White House. I don't think we replace City Hall. I actually would like to see City Hall return to the old City Hall, which was the library, and then take the school administration building and turn it into an an annex for all the um, far-flung parts of the city government. And the city government is much bigger than it, it used to be. Put them up there and and maybe a a smaller structure for the school building. Right now you have the alternative school um, for special needs kids, the alternative high school on the third floor of the school administration building. Maybe you find a new building for them. Interim Superintendent uh, O'Leary has talked about the need for new buildings for those alternative high schools. He's talked about the need for um, a a possible building for uh, pre-K, New Bedford and all other school districts have, have more and more pre-K schools to, to to fill. So those are things that need. But I think the mayor, by bringing this, we need a new city hall up, is, is really trying to change the subject from the Star Store a little bit. Here, we have a caller on the line, so let's go to them. You're on the air with Jack Spillane on WBSM. Good
1: morning, Jack. How are
2: you? Good. How are you? Good. Uh,
1: <clears throat> my, my name is Johnny OneNote. And, um, Johnny One Note, I'm familiar with you. I hear you all the time. Yeah, yeah, I've been on and off a lot in the past few years. Um, why I'm calling you today is because you, you, you brought up a subject that it really interests me as a man who makes his living on the water. Uh, I cross uh, <coughs> Martha's Vineyard Sound 14 times a day. Uh, while I'm at work and I just for the life of me I cannot figure out what effect that windmills in the water would have on the fishing industry I I don't understand the complaint of a of of a windmill being in the water sitting on a foundation on the ocean floor Uh, I, I just Could you explain to me what, Dick, what the concern is of these people who say that it would be a detriment to the fishing industry?
2: Well, I I think there are a couple of things. One is that these things are so big that they would have to reroute their, their, you know, when they go out to the fishing grounds, they, you know, want to go in the most direct route possible to save fuel, as I understand it. So uh, some of the positioning of some of these wind turbines might cause them to have to you know, be a certain distance from the turbines um, uh, to, to reroute their route. Uh, another thing is, would, would it uh, interfere um, with uh, any of their uh, 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 signaling or anything like that? There's also been concerns in Europe where they've had them about killing fish and and the, the sound of building these things. You know, you're building into the ocean bed, you know, the, the booming of... Of having to build them, disturbing the, the habitat for the um, fish life. There's been some evidence <laughs> in Europe that the, that the fish tend to congregate around these things. I don't know whether fish congregating around them, you could fish there. You'd have to have mm-hmm. some sort of regulations. But you're right. It, it, it does seem to be a lot of the sky is falling. The sky is falling.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, as far as it being a navigational hazard, I mean, I, I just don't understand that. I mean, in, in the short run that we do every trip, um, in all kinds of weather, dense fog, uh, what have you, I mean, you know, the, the electronics you have today uh, to navigate far is uh, just just incredible. I, I don't see how, you know, a windmill or a series of windmills, if anything, they would serve as... Uh, there's uh, credible landmarks that you could use to navigate, hmm. um, I, I I I just I, I just can't, you know. As it is now, we have to navigate about four or five hundred sailboats each day just to get to the island. Hey, Johnny,
2: one though, what what is it you do out there in the water?
1: I work for the Steamship Authority. Okay,
2: all right. I, so you-
1: yeah, i am an am a I'm a uh, able-bodied seaman on. the uh, on the ferry to
2: so go back and forth. Ah, great. So you're going back and forth all the time to the islands. All the time. 14 times a day. Yeah. Yeah. You you may remember times. that initially the plan was to, to, of Cape Wind maybe 20 years ago was mm-hmm. to put the turbines in Nantucket Sound. Now they're going to be on the other side of the islands um, mm-hmm. and a little bit further. And And, and there was all that... Um, complaints a lot of it was just you're gonna despoil my view you know people who have million dollar homes on the islands uh, uh, I don't um, well, see
1: that now that now that makes a lot of sense to me if, if there was ever a reason that you know they wouldn't put windmills somewhere it, you know if there was anything that could stop it would be the power of people that have a lot of money that just don't want to look at them from their uh, you know from their very expensive summer homes yeah. Yeah, uh, that would
2: be a possibility for sure. Yeah, hey but Johnny, I'm I'm coming up to. A, I'm sorry, go ahead, jo- Johnny. I'm, I'm coming up to a commercial break. Do you want to okay. hold or, 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 or But I got to go to this break, or I'm going to be in trouble. Oh, sure, I'll hold for you if you want.
1: Sure. Okay,
2: hang on. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> away from my window, leave at your own chosen speed. I'm not the
0: one you want, babe I'm not the one you need
2: All right, this is Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light filling in for Tim Weisberg. Uh, My apologies to Johnny OneNote. I told him I would hold him on until we were finished with the commercial breaks and somehow I pressed the wrong button and and Johnny OneNote is gone. So, Johnny, if you want to have Johnny Two Notes, uh, uh, feel free to call back after Adam... Uh, Bass finishes the news in thirty seconds. Um, we've been talking about all kinds of things this morning. Um, they have a new uh, Diamond Regional Vocational School. Adam was saying, I'm um, going up in Fall River, and I'll just say we have two New Bedford High, New Bedford High School, and um, the Voc Tech. The Voc Tech had an addition a few years ago, but New Bedford High School is just as old as as the two schools in Fall River, and they've built them both in the last five years. So I don't know what's going on with New Bedford. Let's get our school building program in in um, in action. Adam, I'm going to play the bumper, so hang on.
0: This is New Bedford's News Talk Station, the place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Ooh. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500 or open up the WBSM app and hit App Chat
3: to text. Looks like I played the wrong button, so go ahead. That's all right. Here are some of the national stories we're following. A heat wave is expected to bring 100-degree temperatures to tens of millions this week. The eastern and central U.S. were sizzled over the holiday weekend, with some cities seeing record highs. It's likely to be between the lower and high 90s today in places like Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., New York City, and Chicago. A pregnant woman and her unborn child and her husband are all dead following a shooting Monday afternoon in Ohio. According to reports, the woman's brother opened fire on the victims at a park on Maple Heights as they were out celebrating the Labor Day holiday. He is now in custody. Protesters are calling on the Minnesota Department of Human Rights to investigate conditions at a state prison. Dozens of protesters gathered outside of the Minnesota Correctional Facility Stillwater yesterday to call, to criticize the State Department of Corrections over treatment of inmates there. The action comes after about 100 inmates staged, staged a protest of their own on Sunday, refusing to return to their cells to show their dissatisfaction with they say are hot cells poor water quality, and reduced shower and recreation time. Elon Musk is blaming the Anti-Defamation League for its lost advertising revenue on X, formerly known as Twitter. In a post on Monday, Elon Musk alleged that the ADL has been trying to, quote, kill this platform by falsely accusing it and me of being anti-Semitic. The tech mogul noted he's pro-free speech, but against anti-Semitism of any kind. Goldman Sachs says the chances of a recession in the United States are becoming less likely. In a report, Goldman Sachs said they lowered the possibility of a recession in the U.S. within the next 12 months from 20% to 15%. The report cited cooling inflation as the major reason for this prediction and that the real income outlook is favorable. And Diddy is agreeing to give publishing rights back to all artists and writers who have worked with Bad Boy Records. Trey Thomas has more.
1: When it's real feelings, hearts
3: can Can't imagine all the pain I feel. Don't give anything to hit half the graphic. Faith Evans, Mace, The Locks, 112, and the estate of notorious B.I.G. now have the rights to their own music, as do the songwriters. Rather than sell the label's catalog, Diddy decided to make the move in an effort to empower artists. Sources close to the situation say Diddy was offered nine figures for the catalogs. I'm Trey Thomas. And in sports, the Boston Red Sox beat the Tampa Bay Rays last night 7-3. to Game two of their three-game series is today at 640. And now here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. Our warming trend continues this week. No relief until we head into the weekend. But for today, just expect it to be humid and hot. We'll be reaching a high near 88 degrees today. Overnight tonight, clear and humid with a low of 67 degrees. And for tomorrow, partly sunny and humid, high near 86 degrees. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. Right now it is 69 degrees in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Thanks, Adam. Okay,
2: this is Jack Spillane, and we're back. Uh, we have some callers in the line, and maybe one of them is Johnny OneNote, who I accidentally got rid of. You're next on the air with WBSM. Hey, Jack. How you doing? Good. So I've
0: got a few things that... Uh you spurred in the conversation one one in regards to the to the media. I think last hour you had somebody on uh, a caller talk about the biases of media. Um, I find it interesting. One, the national media is owned by like two people in regards to like newspapers and stuff. Am I correct in saying that? Like two two like private equity firms, two well, or three I- like. Really,
2: really I, wealthy people. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say just two people, but it's certainly true that um, the mid-sized or two organizations.
0: I, I should say, not two two people, but two no, organizations.
2: Or, I wouldn't even say two organizations. It, it's certainly true that um, a lot of the mid-sized and small newspapers in this country are owned by conglomerates that originally they were just. Um, big newspaper companies that owned lots of papers but then in the last 10 15 years they've been bought up by investment companies that really only right. care about the bottom line and don't care about public information the newspaper industry was always considered the fourth estate you know the, we, we, you know we don't have the large profit margins of of most um uh, industries in the capitalistic system because we have a, a specific role to play. But that's all gone with these investment companies owning them. No, there it, are there are big national papers like the New York Times and the Washington Post that are independent.
1: Right.
0: But, right. I, I understand that. Um, but it it kind of ties into to my next point where I, I think it, it's not so much the media is pushing a narrative. Uh, for political gain i think the media is more pushing a narrative that emboldens their bottom line like you were saying i think what happens is is the left will will click on and read more and buy more media that that suits them their their own narrative that they want to hear and the right is the same way so yeah. as they say so as they become more bombastic in their news reporting and biased in their news reporting it emboldens their bottom line right so being objective is not profitable right because you you start to to get people angry in those bases because you're you're attacking their their world view so they're gonna be less likely to read you and they're less likely to buy your paper so going forward by making the the newspaper uh more ideologically driven it it encompasses more of their well it engrosses more of their profit
1: margin, which is
0: detrimental to, to our national conversation
2: um you know? well i think I think you have your finger on there there are big problems with the media and i I would separate the newspaper media from the television and radio media i okay. think i think all three I, I, I think all three are different animals I would agree with you
0: just because um in, in regards to, like, talk radio and in regards to the, like, the TV shows that you see, right? Cable, t- cable TV. So cable, so cable TV news so, has been more driven by opinion-based versus actual news reporting. And, unfortunately, that's because, again, goes back to my, my original point of profit margins. Right, because okay, people so, want to hear the proper the 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 opinion that suits their world view.
2: Well I I, th- I think that that um I think it's more complex than that. I, I I I think that some of these um stations are owned, the ownership of them are people who um, have an ideological point of view and want to push that. I think that's certainly been the case with uh, Fox News, uh, Newsmax, some of the others. I I think that, um, yes, it is true. You make a good point that uh, people realized maybe 40 years ago that because the mainstream media was more left-leaning, that there was money to be made with more right-leaning people by having uh, your own... Media, so I think there is a profit margin in some respects uh, with that. The, the, the part of the media that I'm most concerned about is the local media, and I don't think it's ideological at all. I think it's purely investment-driven, and those people are so short-sighted that they are, are really um, venture capitalists who are, are, are trying to um, make a lot of money quickly, and so they're squeezing the local papers by right. by taking all their staff away from them, and and they realize that the papers have lost a lot of the advertising to the internet and the papers have not kept pace with that. And so these, these investors are just trying to make a buck quick. You know, they're they're predatory. They're trying to make a a, a buck quick. And one one of the,
0: one of the examples of that, that to your, to your point is weather, right? We're going to talk about, you know, national weather. And we talk about the national media talking about these uh, hurricanes or an earthquake or tornadoes. Um, when we talk about that on a national level, they try and be as dramatic as possible to drive up their, their viewership so then they can charge more for commercials, where if you go to a local media, a local weatherman, they're going to be more honest, they're going to know exactly where to go, where the y- actual yeah. problems are, and not, and not stand in a you know, a, a, a eight-foot-wide puddle to make it look really bad, where the rest of the area is all dry. Yeah. well, they'll, they'll,
2: they'll tell you the truth. I, I would just push back a little bit, Johnny. Um, I think the local media can be pretty bad. The local weather media can be pretty bad, too, with these, you know, uh, just, you know, building up of these snowstorms. And, and you know, I, I know we have to have some information ab- about it, but I think that, that every one, they make it as if it's Armageddon, the, la- the last one. I just want to, before we wrap up, I want to make because I have to go to a commercial break. I want to make a, a point that... Um, and the local media, which is the media I have spent my life in and that I'm most concerned on, they, they don't really care about left, right or anything else. They just want to make money. And so that's why and I'm touting my own organization, the New Bedford Light, which is a nonprofit. Yep. Um, I think the people there, oftentimes people, uh, uh, they, they're simply just left or right. They, 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 they don't, they're not organized enough to be trying to push an agenda it's it's not it's not a um a deliberate thing it's just it's just their point of view which i say every human being that ever sat behind a news desk has a point of view and so you might as well be straightforward about it but i I don't think it's any organizational you know uh conspiracy to uh try to advance you know some sort of global left-wing uh, agenda, But I got to go to this commercial break now. You got a uh, I'm going to be in trouble, Johnny. Thanks for calling. It was bet. a great call. Yep. So you're getting now that I've learned how to do music bumpers, you're getting all these sixties songs from my playlist uh uh that's my generation, and that's what I like I have some other things on there once in a while but um uh so for all you oldies but goodies out there like me uh I hope you enjoy it so we have we have some callers on the line um so we'll go to them now. You're next on the year with Jack Bolane on w b s m hello. Well, you waited a long time. I'm sorry that you left the phone. We'll go to someone else. You're next on the year with Jack Spillane. Hello? Hello? Hello. You're on the air. Hi, this is Johnny OneNote back again. <laughs> Johnny, okay. Three times, I'm going to be in big trouble. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's okay. I, 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 we got disconnected during the uh, newscast there. Okay. But, um... But, but, you know, so basically what I just wanted to say was um, that I, the things that I hear coming out against, uh, and, and, you know, not just uh, wind energy, but it seems like any kind of new technology that has to do with using less oil, and, and i and I got to say it, like electric cars, for instance, and I hear it a lot on this radio station on the afternoon and the evening shows, There's such a
2: hatred,
1: which seems to me, mostly from the
2: far right, for electric cars. Yeah, it's almost, it's just, the strength of it is so strong that you wonder whether it has to do with people who just don't want change or, or, I mean, we've always had new technology. I mean, I, I wonder if when cars came in and replaced horses and buggies, I suppose there were people who said that these newfangled machines will never work out, but but just the depth of the hatred, you know, i it's I just crazy. think I just think, Johnny, that hatred never gets us anywhere, you know, whether it comes from the the left or the right, people who want to demonize the other side as as evil, as people who are going to bring us to to ruin. I think we're all in this together. We're all Americans. We're all uh, Grand New Bedford residents. We're trying to uh, do things the best we can. We may not agree. We, we often don't agree. That, that that is even the case within families. You know, I, I just I just think that that this business of the other side is is not only wrong, the evil. It it really has to stop. It it, it, it just does it, it is. It's horrible. And 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 it's and
1: in my lifetime, I mean, I'm 64 years old. I have never seen such a division between the two as we have right now. And and I'm going to say this, and I know people are going to call up and cry, but to me, we, we just had a president who spent four years, every week, this guy had a rally somewhere in this country. Every week. Think about how many, does anybody know how many rallies Donald Trump had during his presiden- presidency? I don't
2: know, but, but he was good at it.
1: He was good at it. At least once a week, he had a rally somewhere. And in those rallies, no surprise to why he lost the election, he was bashing half of the country. That's right. Democratic side. That's right. Which party he belonged to for many, many years.
2: And when you you bash half the country, that puts a ceiling on how many votes you can get. And I think that, you know, most politicians, that's why they run toward the middle. Donald Trump is something different than we've seen, certainly at the highest levels of this country. And to my mind, what's happened is he has carved out about a third of the electorate, um, about a half the Republican Party, that really mm-hmm. likes him. And the other mm-hmm. half of the Republican Party is afraid to go against him, even though they don't particularly Absolutely. like him or disagree Absolutely. with him, because they're afraid without him that the Democrats will take power. And they hate the Democrats even more than they hate mm-hmm. you know, the, the Trump Republicans. So we we, really, we most often in this country have seen presidents who tried to run toward the middle because even governors are, are, are um, uh, like both Charlie Baker and in Healy, they're running toward the middle, you know, right. and it's because that's where most people are, and right. and unfortunately, right now, we have a party that has captured a base, a, a group that has captured a base, and I'm, I know a lot of my listeners will disagree with me on this, but... but their views are, are not the views of the majority. They're the views of about a third of of, of, of the country. And, you know, the same would, would, would be true of the far left. Now, you can mm-hmm. say uh, in the 1930s, during the Depression, you know, it was not a majority of the country probably that, that wanted to go to some of the progressive uh, social programs of FDR, Franklin Roosevelt, but they did. Mm-hmm. And now they, mm-hmm. they brought in things like Social Security and under Lyndon Johnson, Medicare... That that are very popular. We, we we couldn't imagine living without them. But at the time, you know, people like Ronald Reagan, you know, for Medicare right. said it would be the end of of civilization. You know, people um, referred to Roosevelt as that man in the White House. So I I think, you know, uh, sometimes a minority can take the country in a direction it needs to go. Maybe that's true of the minority of the of the far right but it's it's not a direction that i want to go in and and i think most of the country like
1: no i i I don't want to go far right i certainly don't want to go far far left either and uh, um it's just so hard to be in the middle sometimes and uh and
2: and also what what's the middle changes over time you know, I, I think you know a government-run social security system and a government-run healthcare Medicare system at one time would have been seen as far left i don't think it is right. now because because no. care and retirement have become so hard for people to to get by that that people right. realize that 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 the, the disparities of income between the very rich and, the, and and everybody else in this country have gotten so great that if you didn't have that then you would really be vulnerable to some some despotic um impulses in the country but but where we are at now i think is a is a is a is a bad place. Listen, I, I'm way over for my break, Johnny. So I've, yep, okay. I've got to go once nice again. But you're a great you. caller. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. Uh, this is Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light. I've been sitting in for Tim Weisberg all morning. Uh, Tim is a little bit under the weather, but he'll be back soon. Um, the sun has gotten high in the sky as we approach eight o'clock. Uh, thank you to all the callers, especially Johnny OneNote, uh, uh, for a great conversation in the last hour. Uh, you know it's-
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus,